in the, the air. six Creedmoor is yeah. a magical little caliber. That's a magical little caliber. And the twenty-two Creedmoor is a fun magical little caliber. Yeah, it's super fun <laughs> because it's so fast. I would say, in layman's terms, that we do the research and development so we can find the best hunting rifles for our adventure seekers that would like to do business best calibers the best calibers yep and probably to follow up with that like what you said the best bullets because all bullets are not the same no all bullets are not created equal so we want to reference because if you're going to africa you're not going to use the same bullet you're going to go shoot a doll sheep in alaska rolling bones outdoors presents hunt the world Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Maybe you needed some advice or a new challenge. This podcast will be for you. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. I'm Brian Maiman along with Brad Dana and Bleep today. No guests. Uh, we've had a lot of guests no on guests. lately. Guests. G-U-E-S-T, guess, you dumbass. It's summertime. I mean, people are dropping in, dropping by, coming along I know to say hello. We've had some guests, and it's been fun. Yeah. Um, Ankner and Jones, Al's so funny. He didn't want to talk into the mic, but he had a lot to say off the mic. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're fixing that shit. We're putting a headpiece on everybody's face. So anyway, old Al. Oh, bless his heart. I love it because he, he, he has such keep, an opinion. I love Al. Keep making his, his facial expressions. I had no idea. I, I must have been the second or third time I met him. It was Actually, I know it wasn't the first because I know where we were there. So it was the second or third time. We always say, you know, when we were doing uh, our business model and building the software down in Provo, um, we came up with this thing. We serve what's our audience, and let's name it. And we said, we said Bubba um, and Henry. Okay, you got the Henrys, and then you got the Bubbas. So a Henry, <laughs> a Henry would be a Chris Clark, a dentist from uh, you know out Ohio. east, Ohio. Ohio. Uh, so what's Al? I'm um, um, Henry. What's Al and Jonathan? Al will. I think Jonathan's a kind little of Henry. Yeah, and He's Al, a little Henry. Al yeah. obviously <laughs> fiscally probably is a Henry, Henry. but uh, but um, emotionally he's a Bubba, dude. But he is so, <laughs> he is so he, he's so my jam, man. So anyway, he he makes me laugh. I can see why Al's best friends with him. Does that make sense? And uh, or I'm sorry, Jonathan's best friends with him. Yep. But anyway, Al is so funny. So we were sitting there, and I go, something was said on the shooting range, and I'm like, don't be a damn Henry to somebody. Like, don't be a Henry. So it kind of stuck in here. Everybody's like, don't be a Henry. Don't be a Henry. Don't have your nose in the air, you know. And so Chris Clark, I love you. You're you're a Henry, and you know it. But I, I you know, I love uh, uh, traveling with your Henry ass. So anyway, um, uh, Al turns to me, and goes, but I am a Henry. And I'm like, I'm like, and I thought he was referring to the thought right. of Henry. And he goes, he's Henry Al Jones. Yeah, because his <laughs> name's Henry Al Jones. Really Henry. And yeah, we, really we Henry. only knew him as Al, right? And Jonathan, <laughs> you know, is Jonathan. So anyway. Well, the shoe fits. And uh, anyway, but. Uh, so what are we talking about Henry. today? So today, and it's funny you say that because that's, that they've kind of evolved in their cartridge right. selection with us. Because obviously um, they've bought a couple rifles. Um, I shouldn't say obviously. As they've gr- as we've grown, they've grown their um, shooting ballistics and yeah. approach to their rifles too. 
Jonathan's a good example because he's got three of these. We've done a range dial and dump on one of his guns that we'll talk about today. Yep. And he's got essentially two of our guns. And both of them are super good guns. I would pick either one of his cartridge to go hunt. Well, he's got he's got they Alan Alan Jonathan both have two of our customers. Well, they rifles. each have a seven, yep. and they each have a six file Wildcat. Yep, and then Jonathan had had us do a range down yep. dump a on a three oh eight three oh eight that yeah, yeah. was. Uh, um, what's the company out of here? Gap. He did. It was a Gap Precision. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, George Gardner made it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I thought. So he had bought that, and uh, um, in the secondary, I had a buddy. Yeah. Uh, I think needed to get rid of it or something, so he picked it up, and we did do a range dial and dump on that. Mm-hmm. Nice rifle, just yep. a mule kicking mother uh, 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 kewel, mule, yeah. mule, yeah. mule, Which, mule kicker. Yeah. So we're talking about cartridges, how we how we pick yeah. cartridges, how we compare, how we come into choosing something science based, not just whatever willy nilly. Well, one of the things, and uh, um, John Snow, dear friend of ours, we should get him back on. Uh, he is the uh, shooting editor for Field and Stream and Outdoor Life. Right. And, um, you know, he was like, you guys, I would stick with the modern-day cartridges, and they are amazing, they're efficient, and get good at them. And that's really what we've focused on over the last mm-hmm. three, four years now. Right. Six Creed more, 22 Creed more, 6.5 PRC, 6.5 Wildcat, yep. stuff like that. And what we have found – is we haven't been compromised in killing in any way, shape, or form with those cartridges. Right. Now, sure. the 7 Mag kills. Oh, my gosh. This is it a killer? The 7 Mag was our favorite gun for a long time. One of our favorites. Yeah, because it covered such a big spectrum yeah. from antelope to yeah. moose to arguable brown bear or grizzly bear, but I shot a brown bear. You're, you've had a 7 Mag that's killed number of seven uh, of brown bear uh, brown bears and yeah. a grizzly bear yeah well same same thing but yeah um but yeah that seven mag is just uh was well worn so we we're basically we're doing a podcast tonight we took a page out of our shooting manual this page uh people in, enjoyed this page they enjoyed um i think they enjoy the entire manual by the time you get here on this page, if I can interrupt you. Brad. So I'm just back up if I can yes. interrupt you. Yes. <laughs> so you're talking about when they come to the shooting academy yes. and they get the shooting school. One of the things. Yeah. Okay. You no, give but go them, ahead. You please. give them uh, a, a shooting manual that has yep. all this information yep. in it. So you're getting, um, if you're listening to this, you're getting an inside baseball look at what's in the shooting manual that you get when you come to our exclusive shooting academies. Right. So we have Rolling Bones Precision courses. And they, this one's the Precision Mountain Shooting Course that, that this is taken out of. Now, I will tell you this. This is out of course one, two, and three. Um, this ballistic information's mm-hmm. in all of them. And what I was going to say before you just dive into this is that what happens is there's so much interest by the time we get to this yep. because people are going, okay, now you've said some pretty big statements about MOAs and efficiencies and this particular one has the pound of foot pressure for felt impact on sh- said shoulder. Well, you know what? I didn't anticipate when we started using this with this page. This page has five graphs on it. And we've got a couple other ones that we've thrown in here. The Max Ord, they got a huge kick out of. I, I was surprised. Well, I, because here's what, where the Max Ord really comes in, okay? 
is when they think of it at 700 or 600. We always say the world starts changing at 6. At 7, it's evident the world changes. And 8, 9, and 10, it, there's, there's obscene amounts of change. Well, your max ord atmospherically is obviously is what's explaining. But Brad will go, okay, so if you're on a hill and we got a um, wind meter out, right, and you're looking at it and you got a 12-mile-an-hour gust and 13 here, you go up. How many feet does this bullet have to rise to hit your said target at 800 yards? And then they sit here in the class and do the math, and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Right? Are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, so what's the wind up there? Mm -hmm. So we got to do this science because that bullet's going to be affected by that on that max org. Right. <laughs> and so it does. It blows their mind. Yeah, so it's, it's evolved as we've, you know, because they, they really are intrigued by, okay, my because the first the first graph we have is we have a 308 which was kind of that was the sniper round for a long time and you know uber popular and it is a great cartridge um based on a 308 you know 308 bullet but we put that as kind of our standard right and so we we look at that cartridge and what we did excuse me is uh we put everything together and to compare apples to apples, we basically are, are running our systems. Like when we do a BDC turret, which is where we, we match the turret to the bullet to the barrel, and we do the dope on the turret. So you dial, you know, if it's a 600-yard shot, you dial to the 6, and off you go. But we build those at uh, 4,000 feet, which is roughly, you know, station pressure 26 out here. Mm -hmm. Um, 40 degrees, 30% relative humidity. So, so that would be our constant, which we are, we're comparing all of our cartridges together. Our shooting systems all are very close. I mean, it doesn't matter if we're shooting a 22 Creedmoor or 7 Mag. Our rifle systems are very close. Um, size and uh, platform and weight. So, so we've kind of come together with those as a constant. But we started with the 308. And, it, and we did that with, uh, with our, let's see, that we were using a 155 grain bullet in the 308. Came up with that, and we always, we always showed them that as our, our, where we start. Yep. And a yard, our 1,000-yard dope was uh, 28 minutes for the 1,000 yards. So the dope at 1,000 yards was 28 minutes. It was, uh, and, you know, that was, that was one thing because we always tell people, a minute's a minute, you know, you just dial the elevation. That's no big deal. But the interesting thing is there's almost five minutes of wind. Whoa. We, five minutes of wind, 1,000 yards, 10-mile-an-hour crosswind, full-value crosswind. Oh. So that, you know, you're looking at a five-minute holdoff. So that if we start with that, um, that's good. That, that used mm -hmm. to be the... The gold standard, right? So um, we also, we, we took that a step further. We used to do a lot of 300 rums. You know, that was back before there was 300 Norma and 300 PRC and all that. But we did a lot of 300 rums, and we were shooting. We moved into the 230-grain bullets. And those were, we really liked those, and we had a lot of success with those, those rifles. And people, that was a sexy, that was a sexy caliber and a sexy beast. A lot of people had the seven mags 
and they thought all seven mags were the same and they were all built you know they you know i already got one of those i don't need another yep. one right right so we were building those with the 230 grain bullet and that was that was an amazing well there was a 30 caliber craze there for a while yeah. with the rum and the wind mag and all this stuff and Berger really lit that back on fire with that 210 and the 230. Yeah, and then uh, and we were doing a lot of 215s when they came out with the 215 yep. and the wind mags. Yep. And it's still it's just super hard to beat. Yeah, it, it, and one of the things, Jeff Sipe, who we should have on this yep. uh, sometime. Jeff Sipe was the manager and essentially the he, owner. He was the owner yeah, of Montana, of, of Rifle, Montana Rifle. He was the yep. president and CEO of Montana yep. Rifle Company. Super good dude, and he built a flats break that I swear to you, it made that it, the gun jumped. It didn't kick. Yep. I remember that one. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I do. And and we we promoted that because we loved it so much. It's easy to market something that's effective and that you have a result from. You know what I'm saying? You get mm -hmm. behind it right. when yeah. when you go holy smokes. We got behind that break. You were not a 300 rum I guy. Didn't, I didn't want to shoot because I'm a pansy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you don't I, like I, getting beat on. I like nice guns. I don't like mean guns. Right. I do not like mean guns. You know, I'm a tiny person. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. as Brian, <laughs> teeny as, tiny. As, mm -hmm. as Brian Wolf would tell you, you know, I'm six <laughs> foot one, 165 pounds. And uh, so I'm not a very big guy. I don't yeah. like to get kicked. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we'll go with that. But you even had, you even had your son Lucas when he was what was he twelve or thirteen? He was twelve. His first deer, he tanked shot it. that deer off of shooting <laughs> sticks with the three hundred rum because we were using it a lot back then. Yeah, he had no issues. No, he just Lucas didn't. He just bam. Yeah, he, he shot break. a bang flop. Yeah, he, he turned, looked at me, and went, "Yeah, got him." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of bang flops. Exactly, he was a bang flopper. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, but bang that, flop and twitch. Yeah, but that was a super. So we compared, we made the comparison, and that was a for the same parameters. That was a thousand yard, thousand yard gun. We needed twenty one minutes, and our wind drift, our wind drift. What did I say? Our wind drift on the three oh eight was actually eight minute wind drift. Yeah, it was I eight, said five. You that said five. Yeah, and that was right. No, it was an eight minute wind drift on okay. on the three oh eight. I don't know where I came up with that. But the 300 uh, rum, we had that as a four-minute, four-and-a-quarter. So it's the same caliber gun, and we use that a lot. But that comes at a price because with our, with our guns set up, the, the recoil was almost 40 foot-pounds. So for every action, there is an equal oh, yeah, and opposite yep. reaction, right? Yep. And that comes at the price of your shoulder. Now, the flats break which they don't make anymore. That's a company's out of existence. Um, it helped. It tamed it a lot. But uh, it still has a lot of bark, a lot of, I mean, you're burning 92 grains of powder every squeeze of the trigger. But we did have a lot of luck with that. But like Brian was saying, we talked, you know, John, he, he was saying to us, your guys, what you guys should do is grab these modern-day cartridges. Well, those are the 6.5 Creedmoors, the 6 Creedmoors, the 6.5 PRCs, the 6.5 Sherman Shorts. You know, I started, I, I started playing a long time ago when they came out with the 7 Winchester Short Mags. That's not the sexy one. Everybody likes the Somme or the Sherman Shorts. But we've done tons with that. And uh, so we kind of focused and refocused on those. And we've done lots and lots of 6s and 6.5 PRCs. 
and we went to that 6.5 PRC, and that same parameter, that same ballpark, we were running for a 1,000-yard shot. We were running 20 and three-quarter minutes, and that was our that was slightly less than five minutes. That was four and three-quarter minutes of wind drift for that shot. So we were getting the same results, basically the same ballistics with a 6.5 as we were with that big bullet out of the 300 rum. Hmm. And that was, that was fun because that runs about a 15, less than half recoil. felt recoil, 15 yeah. pounds of felt recoil. So that's something where about anybody can handle that gun. Yeah, it, it and it turns it into an ass whooper. It, it's a really, a really good cartridge. Whereas we'd done tons and tons and tons. We'd we'd really kind of fallen in love. You'd shot a lot of seven mags. You really liked the seven as your big gun, and I was a three hundred rum guy as my big gun. Yep. But the seven, the seven mag, you know, when we when we when we looked at that, and we did tons with that. But that was a that was a twenty three and three quarter minute thousand yard dope. At a hundred with a hundred and eighty grain burger, which is the a bullet that we used an awful lot. It's a really good bullet for that stuff, and and we were comparing. You know, we tried to compare apples to apples with the bullets. You know, find something that was a high BC, a high lethal, great terminal performance, um, great terminal ballistics bullet, and yeah. that was that was that bullet. What was the velocity on that? The the velocity on the seven mag. Uh, yeah, I want to say we were cooking pretty good right at 3,000, wasn't it? 30? Well, not with the 100. We we had that at about 2850 okay. is what we ran the 180s okay. in. We oh, ran that's the, right. We ran the 160. 168s at about 3,000. Mm -hmm. Because I shot the 160. Yep, we shot the 168s. You know it was half a worse. I shot the 162. Well, you shot the 162s. 62s. We've used 162s. And I was running a little over 3,000, wasn't I? Yeah, but we you shot mostly when you were shooting the 7 bags. Yeah, with the 168s. 168s. Yeah, 168s. That's cool. And I even actually did a year or half a year where I was trying the 195s. Yeah, we, we played with those. And, and, and they just didn't perform on an animal, you know. No. Um, but talk about a BC. Holy smokes. Well, yeah, but, but there was a happy medium. And, and the 7 mag didn't have enough horsepower mm -hmm. to, to fully take advantage of the 195s. And it just didn't kill nearly as well as the 180s for mm -hmm. us. No. I mean, we have and, – and we do in that, in that video montage that yep. we have yep. in the shooting school. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that we talk about with our terminal ballistics. We have, we have a clip where we shoot that deer, center punch it, mid-level mid of the lungs, broadside shot. Shoot it at what, what was that deer that you shot that 400 Caitlin buck wow. that was 400? Yeah, zip through it, and we have it on film for another minute and four seconds or minute yeah, and 20 well, seconds yeah. before you shot it again. Yeah, high shouldered it and dumped it. Mm -hmm. And he kept chasing a doe, didn't act. We had, we had some wow. of the same uh performance and feedback on a doll, your doll sheet mm -hmm. at about 500 and some, but yep. that, that was with a different bullet. Yeah, that but, was it. Yep, but it was still. You know, it, it just didn't open. Yep. So, hmm. but that that seven mag was, you know, it's almost like a standard. This is the standard now, and it could be a seven mag. It could just be a seven som. It could be a seven Winchester short mag, seven Sherman. I mean, they're all the same. They're they're all. So the three oh eight you got down here, fourteen point six pounds of. Um, and the the six five PRC at fifteen point five. Is that right? Is yep. that a type? That's right. Yeah. Yep. 
And then the Creedmoor is 8.5. See, I like the Creedmoor. The six Creedmoor. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the six. six Creedmoor. It's, it's six it has Creedmoor. eight and a half pounds of recoil. And that's, well, that's one it's a nice the, gun. It is such a polite, polite. kind, nice. lovable little gun. Nice, friendly gun. Mm-hmm. You know, I love shooting mm-hmm. it. And, and I can follow my – you know, I was talking to a guy yeah, it's today. it's a lot easier. I was talking to a guy today that's killed a lot of elk with his bow. And I said, you know, I'm just having a hard time. I, I don't want to go spend all this time because I got that tag. I don't want to go spend all this time. And we're going to fixed blades, and I've been shooting. I, I've, I've not been shooting. Uh, I've been shooting mechanical, you know, for years now. And he's like, Brian, I would shoot mechanical. You know, me personally, if that's what you have confidence in, I've killed a lot of elk with mechanical broadheads. He said the reality is, and I, and I laughed because I've said this before, if you double lung an animal with a, with a field tip, you're going to kill it. It's going to die. It's not going – physically, it's not going to go very far. You know what I'm saying? With a bullet, you're trying to create trauma and evisceration, right, or with an arrow. And – which bullet does that best? That six Creedmoor, in my opinion, creates a sweet spot because that bullet, that 108, that 110, those two bullets, we've killed an epic ship ton of stuff with them. Well, yeah, you're you jumping into the the six Creedmoor. That's I'm sorry, what, did I jump ahead? No, you, I mean, we just, yeah, the six Creedmoor was, that's kind of the bullet, and we compared that a lot to the 257, which goes back to Jon Snow, too, because he shot that 257 that year that he was doing that donation, and we were hunting together, and he was shooting. He wasn't doing a donation. We did the donation with him. Yeah. I just want to – it was yeah. it was actually Weatherby, Zeiss, and Rolling Bones partnered, the three right. of us. And he did the Jon Snow experience. He, he did the, John the talent. Snow. Yes, he was the talent. Uh, yep. Um, and, uh, John, we just called you talent. Can you imagine that, brother? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Talent. Talent. We use that term loosely, huh? Yeah. I'm going to send him a text right now and say we're talking. Uh, But he he had that Weatherby donated that uh, uh, 257 Weatherby, and he was shooting a 110 AccuBond. So, and I was hunting that year with a six Creedmoor, and I was shooting a 110 SMK. And I remember it was really cold that day, and we decided it was time to do some shooting. And it was 30 to 33-mile-an-hour winds that day, and so we started shooting. And I called the wind for my bullet, and I, I didn't call near enough wind. And I was hmm. like, jeez, I missed that call. And it was we were shooting at 660 or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Nope. But his 257 Weatherby – and now we have that going at 3,400 feet per second. So it is cooking 110 grain. Wow. He was shooting 110 grain AccuBond, and he needed 21 minutes of mm. elevation. But his windage was seven and a quarter. Mm. Okay? So now go to, go to my gun, which was the six Creedmoor, and shooting same grain bullet with a much higher BC, because it's a six instead of a 25, and I needed 22 and a quarter minutes. So I needed a little more elevation, which is no big deal. It's just a number on the dial. You just turn the dial, right? Right. No big deal. doesn't matter. But the wind? My wind was five. Hmm. Really? So, so I had less than half. 
well, what was what was no, his? No, no, no. His was seven and a quarter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seven so and a quarter. He so needed, not left house. But he, 35%. He, needed, he needed another 50%. Right. Almost 50% more than me. Yep. And so I shot because I took – I wanted to say take the same 660-yard shot to practice in a 33-mile-an-hour wind. So I shot and held his wind, and I gave it way too much wind. So wow. I came back to my original call, hit the rock. Mm. Boom. But the fact of the matter is we've killed a lot of animals. Yep. More than any other rifle caliber in the last three years, we've used the six. Yeah, it's it, it's been – we've killed everything from it, it, prairie it's, dogs it's, it, to yeah. big elk. mule deer. Have, have we shot any elk with yes. it in the last couple of years? Yeah. Trampas and I. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no big deal. But if we crunch those numbers, you know, the the elevation numbers are all similar other than the the 308. All of those guns, um, even the screaming 257 Weatherby, it's the same dope basically. But where you where you lose, you lose in two aspects, and those two big aspects that you lose on are the wind and the recoil. Because we when we crunch the numbers in our rifles, the 300 drum was almost 40 pounds of Ooh. 40 pounds of recoil. So there's a lot, yeah, a lot rude. more buck. It's brutal. The 6.5 PRC, the 257 Weatherby, and the 308 were all around the 15-pound mark. Um, and here was the other thing that we noticed. Up to those numbers, it seems like somewhere in there is where our, our suppressors work really, really well. Yeah, after that, you mean the 4-inch? The 4-inch, four 4-ounce four suppressors titanium. that we have. Yeah. Yep. Those work really well up to about the 15 pounds of foot. Uh, of recoil yep then after that the six creedmoor was eight and a half pounds of recoil and it tames it like a puppy i mean it's just a pussycat yeah no it really deal. does well we we the other thing that we did was the uh 22 creedmoor Ooh. and the 22 creedmoor was pretty sexy because we were shooting a 75 grain bullet with that and our thousand yard dope was only 18 and a quarter minutes our wind drift was only three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was is, pretty crazy. thing is cooking, right? Yeah. But but the recoil is, it's even less than the six Creedmoor. It was eight, it, that six Creedmoor was eight and a half pounds. This is just about seven. Hmm. Now, we were building those on a 17-inch barrel, which was, we did run into that. There was a little too much blast with our four-inch cans. Yep, it's just a little. little yep. Needs another two inches of barrel. Yeah, eighteen inch barrel would be perfect. Nine, 18, 19. 18, 19. But but the yeah yeah it, anyway. But that's what was so fun. Now when we went back to the seven mag that we loved, we were running um, we were running on the recoil of that twenty four twenty four and a quarter pounds of recoil. So the twenty four so the jump from the six five PRC was almost uh, you know what was it another seventy five percent more recoil almost mm -hmm. you know i mean it's, it's still manageable at 24 yeah but it was enough that we we don't like our our, our cans are harder those four inch cans we're getting too much muzzle rise a little bit too much recoil they're just enough that it's not in our sweet spot so and, and that's one of the reasons why we went to those the psalms or not this we don't we don't do the psalm but we do the winchester short mags and the you know, we played with the seven Sherman shorts, 
because we can run the shorter barrels with those. But anyway, mm. that was that was wow. a lot of fun, and that's a that's a big slide that everybody really enjoys. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we really played with that that 110 SMK in the sixes, and the 110 Acubond in the 257 Weatherby, because the six Creedmoor we have running at 3,000 2980, and the the Weatherbys were 3,400. Right, so it's smoking right out yeah. of the gate. But that slide that we put up on the uh, on the dope, they were essentially the same dope. The wind was heavily in favor of the six Creedmoor. So why would they have not, with that a uh, Weatherby, ran and that SMK? What's well, two fifty seven? So it's twenty five oh, caliber. Yep, it's twenty five. Twenty five caliber. So y- you could run. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just a different deal. I got. But you, you wouldn't want. I don't think you'd want to run. I don't think you'd no. want to run an SMK at thirty four hundred because no. you know the. The burgers, I like to keep them in the 3,000 or lower. Right. Because otherwise, I actually had, I've had, uh, when I was shooting uh, competitions, I had a tight bore and I, I had trouble on one shoot because I had a brand new barrel and I was, it, I had bullets blowing up in the, the six air. Creedmoor is yeah. a magical little caliber. That's a magical little caliber. And the 22 Creedmoor is a fun, magical little count. Yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> because it's so fast. And I will tell you this. We killed one, two, three, four deer with it last year. So with the 22, Mason shot, shot two, two, didn't he? Yep. You shot one. Yep. I didn't shoot a deer last year, I don't think. <laughs> so I didn't get to contribute to anything. <laughs> so three. Um, but it's a, it's, a, you know, it's a deer cartridge, too. So, um, but the, the fun part about that is we ran, we ran some, some comparisons with those two. So the uh, six Creedmoor was, was going transonic at 1850 at whatever parameters we put in, which is typically the, I assume I did those at 4,000 feet mm-hmm. and 40 degrees had 749 foot pounds of energy. Still the, uh, the 25 caliber was going transonic at, at uh, 1450. And when it hit transonic, it only had 590 pounds. Right. It loses it fast. When yeah. it goes, it goes. So it, it bled it off. So that's why we But from kinda... zero to 600, it's an unbelievable coyote gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's the hammer of Thor on it steroids. What's Thor's the hammer, hammer. of Thor? <laughs> right. That's it. It, it the is 25 out 6. Yeah. <laughs> the 25 out the, the Western South Dakota Thor's hammer, 25 out 6. So um, the answer to everything. Right. So. Yeah, I got to tell you. So I go back and forth. I got to tell you. I go back and forth all the time right now in my mind because I got the 22 Creedmoor. I got the 6 Wildcat, the right. All-Mountain. And then I got a 6 Creedmoor. Oh, now, now you're introducing a variable that we didn't discuss. No, I know. <laughs> but so, so here I am with these three damn rifles that are sitting literally in this matrix, and it's all about the same. Does that make right. sense? It all, one's at one side and one's at the other side. But really, if you just picked one in the middle, you'd probably be okay with all of that. Well, some of that, I'll just expand on that, though, a little bit. 22 Creedmoor suppressed makes no noise. Yep. I mean, it makes noise. I mean, it makes this noise of a suppressed. So when I say no noise, this is a crack. That's, that's, you know, that's not It's true. not a bang, it's a crack. Yeah. But it's, you don't have to wear ear pro. Like Mason, hey, Mason's got real sensitive ears, you know. He that's the gun that he can shoot without. He doesn't even think about it. Ear, ear but protection. even with a six Creedmoor, the bigger can 
does it doesn't make any noise. No, it doesn't make any noise either. But the six creed your six your wildcat six that we have built it runs a can and it's quiet it's super right it's it's a realistic gun your six so that's five, why i'm saying i have yeah. i have these guns your six that, five we can you but you you really use that for your international gun that's what you because you put a break on that and you have a 22 inch barrel on it yep so that's that, the big that, difference that's that's my international yeah. rifle that that's because i can't take a can to tajikistan right. And Kyrgyzstan. So let's just take that rifle yep. away. I go. Yep. But for me here, for what I do, yeah, you I probably need to five. pick. I need to pick one of them. Does that make sense? Um, because it's like, what am I going to do here? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? What am I going to do here? You're going to get an ibex. Speaking of ibex, oh, I'm going ibex. Actually, yeah. So I'm going to Spain in March. Well, we are end of March, and then next year we're going to Tajikistan. And I'm seriously thinking about going back to Kyrgyzstan. Um, and, uh, um, and so, yeah, because do we have any hunts in Kyrgyzstan? We do. So today's, <laughs> Speaking of that. today's sponsor, today's sponsor of the show is the Kyrgyzstan mid Asian Ibex. Here's your sign. Dumbass. Ryan. <laughs> your international gun. Let's, let's get a bigger, my brain, a my bigger brain, paddle hey, to whack him alongside hey, that. My hey. brain was pigeonholed on myself. <laughs> I was the center of my own universe thinking, how did my buddy uh, talk me into a 22 Creed <laughs> Or a six wildcat all on the same platform that aren't five dollar rifles. I'm sitting here going, how'd that happen? Uh, and that bastard doesn't own one of them. So, but he better get to get his. I, you know what? I, I have uh, a six five. I have actually, six, you know five, five, maybe Sherman. one of those you should just shoot. Does uh, that make sense? So anyway, uh, Kyrgyzstan Asian Ibex. Today's broadcast. No, this would be a broadcast. Today's podcast is brought go. to you by Kyrgyzstan Mid Asian Ibex Hunt. All right, the hunt number for all of you is in our adventure catalog. So go to rollingbones.com, go to the adventure catalog, and it is RB20306-01. For those of you that write slower and are getting a pen, pause and repeat, Joe Biden. Repeat the line. Repeat the line. End of quote. End of quote. Repeat the line. RB20306-01. End of line. Repeat quote. RB20306-01. So that's, the, that's it. But listen to this. We offer a unique and adventurous mountain hunting experience for mid-Asian Ibex in Kyrgyzstan. This is not a North American hunt. Hunters need to be prepared for culture language differences. Now, I will tell you this. We have a concierge a person who speaks amazing, amazing English, English. And he will meet you at the airport and make sure that you get through everywhere you need to get through. And if you know enough about soccer to have a conversation about soccer, you guys will be best friends. And even if you don't, he's a hockey player and loves hockey even more. So he can help you with that, too. This Ibex hunt includes five to seven hunting days. Depending on the area, it requires a hunter to be relatively fit and experienced mountain hunting. Uh, typical Ibex range from 38 to 47 here. The average Ibex is about 42 to 43. Um and Ibex under 38 and over 47 are rare, okay? But each, each side of that spectrum. So to be very fit and tough uh, is good, but to have a great mental attitude and be tough mentally, 
because um, often these conditions are harsh. Yeah, bring a little Pepto with you. Yeah, make sure you line your stomach. <laughs> if we should do, we actually should do a podcast on international travel and how to handle your stomach and yeah. diet on those podcasts because I have mastered that shit. Having a sense yeah. of, I'm pretty good at yeah, it. Yeah, you're super I? good at it. Um, you, and, and you know what? You've done enough of it. That's the other thing. As I think your gut, your floral, your m- microbial flora has, it's it's acclimated a little bit oh, to it too. Boy, I tell you what, but I'm so conscious of it because it can ruin your hunt, yeah, or derail it for sure. Option to add wolf, and or a marmot hunting. So some of you guys go, what? Uh, but anyway, dude, they so they stack the marmots in the back of a pickup truck like cordwood. <laughs> you'll you'll observe. They're prairie dog. <laughs> you like a prairie giant dog, prairie but dog. we don't pick up the bubonic plague ridden prairie dogs. Um, so uh, average classification, uh, again, 38 to 52 shot opportunity, 95 percent. Um, you're going to see hundreds of Ibex mm-hmm. um, being a- in good shape, being mentally tough and being prepared to travel internationally. We can help you prepare with that. We can send you some videos to help you. But uh, most Rams um, or Billy's. In this situation, uh, are uh, um, 38 to 50 SCI. That's an average of thir- 42 to 46 inches, depending on the area. Um, archery or muzzleloader is possible, um, but uh, you got to be a go-getter and then top, top physical. I might get. have an Ibex room because they have a little bit of an odor when they're mounted. I might just have a room for my Ibex. Well, you know collection. how my eye smell, my, <laughs> right. my nose is. So I'm just going to make sure that uh, I give them um, some <laughs> deodorant. Well, they are a them. giant goat that is so cool. And like those Spanish Ibex, oh, my gosh, they are gorgeous yeah, they're absolutely beautiful so anyway I, you, yeah go, go, go to the go to the adventure catalog and then uh, you'll see a bold line under overview when you go there when you read that if you click on hunt experience it'll lead you to the next page every one of our hunts in our adventure catalog is an entire website of its own inside there now they're all built on the same uh i guess architecture so they can be compared with the hunt plan because if you are interested in this and you become a member you can actually do a hunt plan preference this uh make this species a priority and it'll give you your best matches of all the hunts in the system so restating that not to parody repeat the line but literally every hunt is like an its own website. It's its own website. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. And so, um, and and we've had people say it's actually better than the Outfitters website. Right. That's because we manage it. Um, and then you go to Hunt <laughs> Experience, and then over to the right, you'll see photos. But don't just click on one um, under Photos and Lodging. You can hit Menu. You'll see photos of the food. We work really hard. We have almost a thousand adventures that have all of this prepared and done for you to look at, research. Don't ever get Googled again. Please don't get Googled again. Come to us. Use our search engine and find your next adventure where they've all been vetted and they're comparable by a standardized um, format that we have created. And each uh, um, outfitter and each adventure has its own website inside of our search engine in our database. And then click on gear list. They'll tell you what the outfitter provides, what to bring, what we recommend. And then again, under photos, make sure you click both those buttons because it'll show you what to bring and what the outfitter brings. It'll give you their stuff. And then the almighty media, you got to go look at that because uh, uh, picture number 10 
is absolutely extraordinary, and that's the one I'm going to shoot when Brad's not looking. <laughs> so that will be the one I'm going to shoot. And that's actually the guy who will meet you at the airport. So today's podcast has been brought to you by or our featured hunt today. That's would what be I like. the Kyrgyzstan <laughs> Mid Asian Ibex, Brad. Is that better for I you? I like that better. Okay. But Today, that's me. When the, if you ever became politically correct. I feel like there's some music that should go under that. I think so. I think you're right. At some point. Back to, uh, back to the calibers. I would tell you this. I wrote a few things down listening to you, Brad. You obviously have a wealth of information and knowledge when it comes to this, and you love the ballistics of this. Um, we look and research these bullets, look at and research all these bullets that come onto the market. And you're at the, I guess, the point of the pen because you're always knowing what's coming. You're reading, uh, you digest this information the minute it hits the market and you're hearing uh, your ears to the ground to hear what's coming and what's going on, right? right? I would say in layman's terms that we do the research and development so we can find the best hunting rifles for our adventure seekers that would like to do business best calibers the best calibers yep and probably to follow up with that like what you said the best bullets because all bullets are not the same no all bullets are not created equal so we want to reference because if you're going to africa you're not going to use the same bullet you're going to go shoot a doll sheep in in alaska yep and, and, you know, I get Jeff's issue sometimes because he's got a guy that's coming in and killing a grizzly bear. He's got a guy that's going to yeah. kill a moose, and he's got a guy that's going to kill a doll sheep all on the same trip. They have totally different perspectives. So, so he's looking for a bullet to span all three of those. That's a tough bullet to find, but we do the best we can yep. based on our experience. So I want you to know you're listening in today, goes, what makes you qualified to make these statements? Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days a year in the field – and I just told you, for God's sakes, I have a six, a six uh, um, wildcat, and a uh, six Creedmoor, a six wildcat, and a t- 22 Creedmoor, and they shoot a 108, 100, and a 75 grain bullet. So I'm in this narrow little window here, and I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting with all these, and each one of those rifles is a seven to $8,000 rifle. What's so. your favorite right now, would you say? Six Creedmoor. Yeah, it's hard to beat that little It, it really is because here's why. The weight of that gun is heavy enough from a coyote perspective that it doesn't kick. I can follow the shot. The The 22 Creedmoor is a little light. Um, a little snappy. It's a little snappy. Well, it's a 17-inch barrel, too. Yep. That's part of it. And it's a little snappy, and it's a little light for coyotes because I can't follow my shot quite as well. Does that make sense? Yep. I'm just being honest. Now, the caliber I like better than any of them because it's so fast. But at the end of the day, usually coyote hunting inside of 300, I'm only, it's an inch and a half yeah. difference at that six creed. Your mark. six all mountain, though, is the only reason you don't lo- or your six, your, your wildcat that we're shooting, the only reason you don't like it as much is it's even a little bit more snappy because it's got a lot of attributes. Yeah. It, it really does. It does. So anyway, I just want everybody listening. This is what we do. We, we you know, Brad develops these. We go in here. We shoot them. We are trying to be um, a great resource with service, access, value, and education. We want you to own your own rifle, own your own experience with that rifle, and own your own understanding with that rifle. That's what we would say our edge is when we bring people in to our, um, it, it, to our mountain courses, to our shooting academies. 
And we want them to walk away going, I know my rifle. It's my experience, and I'm going to go own that experience in the marketplace. And I think that's for important for everybody to know. Um, so we look for the right bullet, the right cartridge, um, and the, the right bullet performance. Mm -hmm. And then I would say we look for overall shootability. Yep. Shootability is really, really important to uh -huh. us. And even more for our customers yes, than us. us. Yeah, because yeah, we just, well, we, it, the easier it is to shoot, to follow your own shot, to not be afraid of the gun, to not develop bad habits, the more successful our people are. For instance, our kids use our guns. I mean, they generally just grab, you know, okay, here you go, you know, and our guns are all set up so our kids can shoot them and they're comfortable with them. And that, or kids that we take out or, you know, inexperienced people that we take out or that we help. Or whatever. So. Well, Scott Wallace, you know, perfect example, our yep. CTO. Yep. I take his son out, and don't worry about bringing your gun. Well, he's never shot a gun very much. Well, this ain't going to kick. It's my gun. So if, if Brian's shooting, a damn thing ain't going to kick. You know, I'm kind of a weakling. So, uh, um, but like you said, our guns just don't kick, and, and yours do, don't either. Uh -uh. And, uh, um, and they're super, super polite rifles. So anyway – um, yeah, I, I would go over one more time. Go check that uh, mid-Asian Ibex out. I forgot to tell you, it's 9000 bucks, So it's cheaper than a Utah elk hunt, that's for sure. And it's a, an unbelievable experience and adventure for you. Um, also, listen, we want to help you. We want to help you in many ways. And one of the ways we want to help you is get a hunting expedition layaway plan. Don't count yourself out. Don't think it's too expensive. Our software is developed for you to understand if you can afford it and how to afford it, not just if you can. So you go on one of our adventures, click on purchase, okay? Pick a date, all right? Maybe two years out, maybe three years out. Pick a date, put your deposit down, and then look at what the payment would be and come up with a budget. And it literally gives you an amortization schedule and that payment plan because it amortizes over and tells you what you'd owe. And then you can go ahead and start making payments. You click the box, put it in your cart. If you have any questions, call in here, 1-605-644-8000. Talk to Kelly. Kelly will get you all set up. And you know what? Two, three hundred bucks a month over two, three, four-year period. You're in the camp. We save your date. We work with the outfitter. We make sure you're in. We want to take you hunting and have you live your dream adventure. It's called help. Hunt expedition, hunting expedition layaway. We'll do plan. everything but teach them Russian so they can communicate <laughs> in Kyrgyzstan, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, hey, also be sure to subscribe to Hunt the World wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you listening. We'd love you to share it with the people you know. We want to be a great resource and tool for outdoorsmen of all walks of life. And uh, I guess that's it. Anything else, Brad? That's it. Well, I appreciate sharing a mic with you and Bleep today. Yeah. You need more than one gun, though, Brian. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> need three in this tiny little window. Well, you got four um, in that window. Just I, so I, you know. I, I do. <laughs> I do. So, uh, hey, if you have an opinion on this, direct message us. Should I shoot the 22 Creed more, the 6 Wildcat, the 6 Creed more? What should be my main fall gun? You know what? I would like people to get back to us. What do they shoot? Oh, that'd be good. What, what caliber, you, what caliber are you caliber? shooting? Yeah. What green a bullet and what kind of bullet? That'd send, be good. Send a, did we get a simple email yet for you? Send it to hello at rbohome.com. That is a simple one. Hello at rbohome.com. 
Dad yep. Gummit, you came. You and Lindley pulled it off. Hello at RBO Home. Hello no, at RBO. No. I like it. I like it. Hello at RBOHome.com. Send us what uh, you like to shoot. Until next time, hey, listen, be safe, stay healthy, and happy hunting.